Reformed and Evangelical, Confessional and Missional. Welcome to Creeds and Deeds. All those who trust the Lord, like Zion, are secure, which never can be moved, but always will endure. As mountains circle around Jerusalem on high, the Lord surrounds his own forever to abide. The rule of wicked men will not oppress for long the righteous in their land, lest righteous ones do wrong. O Lord, to all the good your goodness now impart, your loving kindness show to those upright in heart. But God will banish those who turn to crooked deeds with those of evil ways on Israel be peace. This is the word of our Lord from Psalm 125. Westminster Larger Catechism, Question 14. How does God execute his degrees, decrees? Answer, God executes his decrees in the works of creation and providence, according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will. Scripture proof, Isaiah 40, 12 through 31. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span Enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. To whom, then, will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him, an idol, a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, and casts it for and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? 
Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Friday, August 2nd, 2019. We are reviewing this week's scriptures, starting with Philippians 1, verse 2, which we looked at on Tuesday. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul actually expects this letter to cause the reader to receive grace and peace from God. Because all of Paul's letters begin with something like grace to you, and every single one of them end with a phrase like grace be with you. So what he's saying is he expects the letter to impart grace. Then for the reader to go out and take that grace with them. So as we pour ourselves into studying this letter and the rest of scripture, we should be looking for how God will give us grace and peace through it and help us to take that grace and peace out and show the world what is offered through Christ. Then on Wednesday, we looked at Philippians 1, verses 3 through 5, which says, I thank my God for you always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul says that he makes his prayer with joyous thanksgiving because the Philippians immediately partnered with and supported Paul. So what is this partnership? It's the belief, support, and embodiment of the gospel. Because they have been changed, they wanted to partner with Paul and help him out. In the same way, we should partner with Christians by believing, supporting, and embodying the gospel like the Philippians did, even if it costs us everything. And we want to do that so that we can turn to God with thanksgiving, because seeing the work of God in others and in our life should cause us to joyously thank God for his supremacy in everything. And then yesterday we looked at Philippians 1 verses 7 and 8, which says, it is right for me to, it just froze. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. 
So if you remember yesterday, I said that we prove that we are partakers of grace or that the gospel is believed by us when we show that God's promises are true in our lives and when we hold fast to the faith and join others in their afflictions and missions as Christian brothers and sisters. And then the affection of Christ is a self-sacrificing love, a love that chooses to love someone who doesn't deserve it and is willing to give up our whole life even when they hurt us, reject us, or don't deserve anything. So to sum all of that up, pretty much what we're saying is, and what I believe that the Bible is saying here, is that we have been partake, made partakers of grace through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and his grace through our faith. And so we will continue to receive grace and peace from God as we read, study, and meditate on His Word. And then through His Word, He will shape us to better believe, support, and embody the Gospel, which then will propel us to take that grace and peace to the world, showing others and loving others with the affection of Christ and partnering with our Christian brothers and sisters to advance the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, join me as we meditate on the word and spend time praying to our God and Father. Verse for preparation, Matthew 4, verses 3 through 4. And the tempter came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God Help us to understand that we don't live on bread alone, but that your word is just as important to us as our next meal. So let us long for your word. Let us never fast from your word, but spiritually be nourished through it every day. And God, help us to see that when we go without nourishment from your word it's like going without food the hunger pain we feel when we go without feeling without eating help us to feel that pain in our soul when we go without your word adoration Romans 12 1 through 2 therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God, we do present our bodies to you as a living and holy sacrifice. And we ask that you would help us to 
live that way. We know that our sacrifice is pleasing to you and acceptable because of your son Jesus. But now help us to worship you spiritually by living a life, by having our minds transformed and proving what your will is and that you help us to do what is good and acceptable and perfect. Confession, Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. God, this is so true. Every single one of us sin every day in thought, in word, and in deed, both in sins of omission and sins of commission. The things that we do that you've commanded us not to do and the things that we fail to do that you have commanded us to do. God, forgive us for all of our sins. God, remind us of our assurance that we are pardoned of our sins by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, and that you say in your word that you are faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we, if we confess our sins to you. And that that's all through the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Thanksgiving, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. For who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you didn't receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Everything that we have, every breath we take, every morning when we wake up, every possession that we own, even every thought of our mind, we only have because we receive it from you. So God, we do not boast in what we have, but we only boast in you, knowing that you are the one who gives good gifts. And we boast in your son, Jesus, who gives us life. In supplication, Psalm 119, verse 133. Establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. God, you say in your word that it is the light of our path. And like Paul asks, would you give us grace and peace through your word? That as we study our, your word, we would be established in it. And that that would help us to turn away from our sins. And it would guard us from having sin rule over us. God, give us more grace and peace through your word, even today. And God, all of our prayers that we have for all of the things of this world, I pray that you would hear our prayers and that they would be done according to your will. God, you say that we, that you are the giver of good gifts. God, help us to not be anxious for anything, but to in everything by prayer and supplication to trust that you will give us what we need. Let us make our requests known to you, God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me for my podcast this week. I hope that you've enjoyed it. 2 Corinthians 13:14 says, "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all." So I hope that you have a great weekend and to see you back here on Monday. And remember, God has commanded us to keep the Sabbath day holy. And the New City Catechism instructs us that on the Sabbath day, we should spend time in public and private worship of God, that we should rest from all routine employments, and that we should serve the Lord and others, and so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. And remember that I'm not ordained, and I'm not a pastor. So if you're a Christian listening to my podcast, you need to be in church on Sunday. And if you would do me a favor and please leave me a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts this weekend, and maybe leave me a voicemail with some encouraging words, that would be awesome and super helpful. Have a good day.